Good morning. How are you this morning? How was that? How are you this morning? Good. All right. See, it a little louder for me. That'd be great. God is good. Amen. 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 Hey, a couple things just to remind us of uh, a couple announcements. One, we are having an evening worship time this evening. That's starting at 4 o'clock, so 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. It's an hour. I want you to come out and just enjoy. And so we worship together and sing praise and worship to Jesus. Amen? Oh, man. It's going to be so day. I have a little bit of hum here. Okay. All right. Well, God's good. Also, welcome, welcome, live stream. Welcome those here in person. Glad to have you today. It's a beautiful day in Ventura. Amen? Those who are live streaming who aren't in Ventura and you're somewhere else and your weather's not good, well, I'm sorry, it is beautiful weather today, yes? It's a gorgeous day out, good to see every one of you. Continue to be praying for all the things that are taking place in our world and our nation. Continue to pray for the stop of the virus as we, you know, we're just kind of riding in this wave here and uh, hoping and praying, and we're gonna be praying that we don't get pushed up levels and uh, end up back out in the courtyard or end up live streaming only. Uh, so be praying, praying about all those things, praying for those who have the virus, the healing, and praying for peace for everyone. Amen. Amen. Also, hey, giving is still going on. We, we worship the Lord through giving. That's one of the ways we worship. Giving is worship. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're giving to Connect Church, that you could do it various ways. If you're here in person, you could drop it off in buckets as you go. You can, you can do it online. Go to our website, find the button for giving, click it and just follow the, the prompts. And you could give that way. You could mail it in. You, all kinds of ways to give. You could drop it by, but make sure you call first in case no one's here. All right, so great ways. We, we worship Jesus as well through giving as well as our surrender, our lives to him. Those are the ways we worship Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, let's pray before we get into the message. Father, we just come to you and thank you so much, Jesus, for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for our, our new life in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we could gather and worship. Thank you, Jesus, for all your blessings. And Lord, we pray for those who are struggling right now. We pray for those who are sick right now, that whether it's a cold, whether it's flu, whatever type of illness it might be, Lord Jesus, we pray for healing, healing for all those that we know, Lord Jesus, that need a healing touch today. You are a healer, and so we come to you right now and believe you to heal, Lord, in your name. Encourage and strengthen, Lord, we pray. As we share your word, Lord, may you be lifted up, may you be glorified. In the name of Jesus and everybody said... Amen. Hey, we are working our way towards Christmas. Amen. Everybody knows that Christmas is the best time of every year, right? I mean, Christmas is my favorite time. I want you to know, this week, I found that Coast 101 or whatever it is, Started playing all Christmas songs all day long. <laughs> Timothy's going to get in my car sometime this week, and we're going to borrow it, and he's going to find Christmas songs coming on. Yeah, you know, it can't, can't, no, it's going to be great. 
Christmas. So we're, we're wrapping our, day, our, our series up, not today, but next week. It will bring us right up to Thanksgiving time. And so we'll start on that, that, that Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend with our Christmas series. And we'll be telling you more about it as we do that. And that'll bring us right up because Advent begins on that weekend. And we'll go all the way through to Christmas. Sounds good? Okay, okay. You're a little slow today. I'm going to take a poll. How many of you are tired today? The rest of you have no excuse then. Just saying. All right, we're still in the series of the new norm. Is this just the norm? We're still in that series today, so I just want to remind you that. We're going to be looking at some passages of Scripture in Philippians. So if you have a Bible, if you have a tablet, if you have a smartphone, whatever you might have, an iPad, whatever, if you want to open it up to Philippians, we'll be looking in the book of Philippians in the New Testament at some passages of Scripture today. And today, as we are in this series, the title of this morning is A Mindset for Thriving in Today's Norm. How many know a good mindset moves us forward? You know, if, if, if our mindset is negative, if our mindset is bad, and there's a lot of negative going on right now, isn't there? You know, and, and it's easy to get caught up in that, and it begins to just eat away at our joy, eat away of our positivity, eat away of those things. I mean, even the idea of doing church different like this. You know, we could come and say, oh, it's so horrible, it's so bad. And why do, that's, that's a mindset that's going to just get us saying everything becomes just this negative thing. As we go into the new norm, and we're already in the new norm, because now it's becoming the norm, we need to have a mindset for thriving. A positive mindset for thriving. Let's, I'm going to take a poll. Okay, I want to take another poll. Here we go. I want to take a driving poll. It's always fun. You can make all kinds of jokes about drivers, can't you? I just can't think of any right now, but we're going to take a driving poll, all right? And I'm going to ask you what kind of driver you are, okay? There you go. And there are three options here of what kind of driver you are. One, are you the type of driver that looks in your rearview mirror constantly? That's you, raise your hand. Yeah, you're looking in the rear view mirror constantly. Okay. Second, someone keeping tabs of how many raised their hands so we know who's going to win this poll. You don't get anything, but you'll win the poll. Okay, second, are you the type of driver that looks constantly forward, rarely looking back in your rear view mirror? Is that the type of driver you are, constantly looking forward, rarely looking back in the rear view mirror? How many are that? Okay, all right. Three, are you the type of driver that looks at both, but you look out the front window a little more than the back? Raise your hand on that one. All right, all right. That's good. We need, we need a pressing forward mindset if we want to thrive in today's norm. We need a pressing forward mindset if we want to thrive in today's norm. You know when, let's see, this is going to age some of us. How many took driver's education in high school? 
How many got to go out in the cars and drive? No? You're blessed. That was the scariest thing in the world. They, they put you into those, you know, big old tank of cars, and you have about, we had like four people in the car, plus the, plus the instructor. And you switch off, you pull off on the side of the road and switch off. Well, I was in the San Fernando Valley during growing up, and so as we drove different places, and I, you know, I almost had several heart attacks during this time, and I was just a young person. I remember we were driving down, and one of the other students were driving, and we came up to a light that was turning red, and they weren't stopping, and all of a sudden, they hit the brakes at the last minute, and I'm skidding to a stop, and you're going, <gasps> and then they took us up to uh, Mulholland, up in the hills of the San Fernando Valley, to drive the hills and the small streets, and this one young girl who was driving, we start going around some of these curves, and she says, oh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> There's no place to turn off. There's no place to do anything. Scariest thing in the world <laughs> was driver's education. But it was fun. It was fun. Uh, but they teach you in, in, the, in part of driving and also, it, you know, in the, the tests that you do is that we shouldn't constantly look in our rearview mirror. And why is that? Yes, you can't see what you're going to hit or what's going to happen in front of you if you're just only looking in the rearview mirror. Well, life is kind of that way. Especially now when so many things are changing. We can't live looking towards what is already past behind us. If that's the place we constantly live, we're not going to be effective in the world right now. We're not going to thrive in the world right now. Because all we're looking for is saying, I want to live back there. Jesus never wants us to live back there. He wants us to live fully in the now so that we could thrive and we could see miracles and we could see God do great things. We need to be looking forward and not forgetting what's behind. That's the mindset we need to have. One that presses forward without forgetting what's behind, but not living in what's behind, but, for, for, but taking the lessons and taking the good things and moving forward. So we need this pressing forward mindset that will help us thrive today. Let me read out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. It says this, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, see the, the thought here as Paul's writing. He says, I, don't, I have not already obtained everything. I've not already made everything. I'm not perfect. I'm not totally there yet. But I press ahead. 
Not that I've already obtained it or I'm already perfect. How many are perfect here today? Raise your hand. Okay. We're just like Paul, right? We're not perfect. But he presses on because of the calling of Christ Jesus to make that his own. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So he says, if you are mature, if you're pressing forward, that those who are mature think this way. And he says, those who are not thinking this way, they're immature, but Jesus will keep trying to reveal it to them. Don't you love the grace of Jesus? Does Jesus ever give up on us? Never. His grace, his unmerited favor is always there. And so if we're a little behind it, He's not going to give up on us. And I'm glad for that because I've been behind a lot of times, haven't you? That he is there. So he says he'll do these things. He'll reveal it. Verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me. And sisters, you could say, brothers, join me in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now, this, this whole third chapter of Philippians, Philippians is a great little book. Philippians is this incredible book about joy and rejoicing. And I think, I think if you have time this week, it's a short book. Read through it a few times because he talks about rejoicing. And he talks about joy. Uh, this last week in my garage devotionals, we just started a new little three-parter that's going to be on thankfulness and, thank, and being thankful. And that's what Paul talks about in Philippians. He tells us, let our thankfulness be seen by others. Let us be thankful. And so this is one of joy. So he starts it off here. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord, he says in verse 1. And, he, and then he begins to talk about evildoers. And he says, not, don't, let, don't get caught up in those things. And he talks about followers of, of, of Jesus. They say they're followers of Jesus. But yet they want to put on every single restriction, every single law that the Old Testament has. And in that they have this prideful understanding of who they are. And Paul begins to say, it's not through all those things. And he says, instead of thinking these things, he begins, before we get to the verses that I just read, he begins to kind of, you know, show them if you really want to brag about who you are and how spiritual you are. He says, let me tell you about my life. And he begins to say, I was born of the tribe of Benjamin which is the only tribe that stayed faithful to King David. The tribe Jesus comes from. And he says, my lineage outweighs all of yours. 
And I was raised as a Pharisee of Pharisees to keep every part of the law, to do everything, and I did it perfectly the best he could, better than all the rest. He says, if anybody has spiritual credentials, Paul's saying, it's me. But then he, then he takes it to the other direction. He says, but all that is nothing. All that is nothing. What is important is press forward because he says, I have not obtained it yet. I have not obtained everything Jesus has for me. I have not attained all the knowledge that I could have in Jesus. I have not attained all the blessings that I could have in Jesus. I have not attained that yet. But what I do do is I press forward, and that brings us into the passage we're talking about, press forward to achieve and grasp the hold of the high call in Jesus. And that's the mindset we need spiritually in our lives as going into a new norm. We need to press forward in Jesus so that we could thrive in it. So what does that look like? We need a press forward mindset. That's what it looks like. We need to get a mindset that always focuses to press further in, press forward. A press-forward mindset does not have these traits. There's only two points today, but there's some explanation in both those points. So the first point is that we need a press-forward mindset. And in that point, that in this press-forward mindset, we shouldn't have these traits that I'm going to list. Letting the past hold us back. How many of us let the past hold us back? Think about it. Those past regrets, those past failures, those wrong things you did, or maybe what you did yesterday, whatever it might be. He says, don't let the past hold you back. Don't let the past hold us back. We need a, we let a, we need a focus forward but not focus on our regrets. See, he says, in this mindset we're to have, it's a mindset that we don't focus on our regrets. And we all have regrets. Some more than others, some more recent, some further in the past, but we have regrets. And he says, if we're going to thrive in pressing forward in Jesus and pressing forward in this new norm, we need to leave the regrets behind us. That's looking in the rearview mirror all the time. How I failed back then, or how I missed it back then, or how I acted back then. And again, that back then might only be a week ago. But we need to forget that and focus forward in Jesus and what he gives us to do. Don't let mistakes or failures control your present and future. And so many of us do that, and all of us do it sometimes. Allowing our mistakes, allowing our failures to determine 
our future. And and it doesn't matter what age we are, right? I'm in my 60s. (laughs) I heard that day. Mid-60s, pretty close. You know, I still, I I could focus on a lot of regrets that are not just way back, and I have some really things way back that I really regret. But what about things that I missed on a month ago? Or how I treated somebody maybe negatively and I shouldn't have, and now I regret it. Those type of things can hold us back. We need to deal with them through... Asking forgiveness if we treated somebody wrong, asking them for forgiveness, asking forgiveness from Jesus. But once we do those things, we need to what? Put them in the past and stop looking at them. Stop looking at them. We need to leave behind those things in our lives. We need to learn from our past and not live it and relive it. We need to learn from our past, but don't relive it. Let your past, past, negative and positive, be a learning time for you and for me. Let it be that learning time. But don't let it determine how you live right now. We need to look forward. We need to learn from it and then live in, a, in the new norm. We need to learn from what we did right or wrong in the past in order that we may move forward in the future. Think about that. We need to not let our current mindset be, be set with false pride. We need to let our current mindset not to be beset with false pride. That's what Paul was talking about when he was talking about all these other People who are saying, we are so spiritual, we have attained this, you need to keep all the law, we keep every aspect of everything, and we've done all this. They were saying it in a prideful way. We need to not live out of pride. Not letting a false pride get into our lives. Thinking we have mastered everything we need, right? Pride puffs up. I am, I am I'm really good at what I do. Pride puffs up. Oh, I'm not like that person. Right? Man, there's this pride thing. And that's what, the other, what these other leaders were talking about. How, pri- how much they've mastered everything. How good they are in everything. And that's why Paul at first gets a little annoyed and says, you want me to show you? If you think you're so great, let me tell you about my past. But then he flips it and says, but I don't look at those things because I have not attained everything in Jesus. I have not attained to become perfect. I have not attained these things. And he who who should be able to be prideful, Paul, says, no, this is not the way to live this. And we need to be careful of those things of pride, you know, thinking that we've mastered everything that puffs us up while humility lifts us up. Pride puffs us up, 
Humility lifts us up. We need to be humble and open. Humility will lift us up. Pride will puff us up and eventually blow us up. Because you can't live in a prideful lifestyle without it destroying you and others around you. You can't do that. Scripture tells us that pride comes before a fall. The Bible says, man, pride comes before a fall. If you want to live in pride, you're going to fall, and it's going to be a hard fall. So he says, get rid of pride. Get rid of pride. You know, we need, to, we need to look at that. Our thinking that we know everything that we need to succeed is pride. Or I learned all this already. That is pride. I've, I've learned that before. I've learned that already. I've already got that completely taken care of in my life. Have you ever felt that way or had somebody feel it that way and express themselves that way? Oh, I already, I already taken care of all, all the things that, you know, that I struggled with. I don't struggle with anything anymore. Or, hey, I already learned those, those lessons, spiritual lessons. I don't need to look at them anymore. That's pride. I find the older I get, if I look back, some of those early lessons that are beneficial in my life and work in my life and work in my life today, I look back and say, you know, I still need to strengthen those early lessons in my life because I haven't totally got it all perfect yet. So we need to be open and not to a place that we're closed off to say, I got this all, I got this. I could do this. I've already learned this. What worked in the past doesn't always work in the present as well, right? So some of those lessons I learned in the past might not be as effective in the present or the future. Now, I need to be open to learn new lessons that will be more effective in the present and the future. We need to watch out on pride. We need to continually be a student that is continually learning. Let me ask you a question. I got a lot of questions today. When was the last spiritual lesson you learned? Don't answer it out loud. See, the, the longer we walk with Jesus, sometimes... We, we don't even realize we build up this false pride. And when we ask ourselves, when was the last spiritual lesson I really learned from Jesus? Or learned from his word? And we might find ourselves going, hmm. It's been at least a year or two or three. We get this, this pride going on. Oh, I've read the Bible how many times through? And you're doing your devotional and you're reading the word and say, so, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And, but it doesn't spark something new you're learning in it or it doesn't reinforce something that, that you already learned and, and to reinforce it in a different way. See, we need to be constantly open to realize 
We have not reached it yet. And I see a lot of prideful believers on Facebook and all these other platforms who think they have all the answers because they have whatever. You know, I just have to shake my head and say, Jesus, help me because I'm just as prone as they are to be prideful. Just as prone. I say, Jesus, break me, humble me, and help me that I might stay fresh and pliable, that you might move in my life. So those are characteristics and attributes not to have. Second point is we need a press-forward mindset that includes these traits. So we're going to give some more traits, but these are the ones we should have that should be in this press-forward mindset that Paul is telling us about, how we're supposed to press forward. And he's going to call it pressing forward to the higher calling in Christ Jesus. He's going to talk about pressing forward. What do we need in this? We need a mature mindset. How many can say amen? You know, we need a mature mindset. We need to cultivate maturity or we need to cultivate our minds so that our mindset is maturing all the time. And so that we never, ever come to the place where we think we're fully mature in Jesus. Paul, who I think, you know, was probably one of the closest people in the highest part of maturity, still said, I, I haven't even got close to this thing yet. I'm still striving forward for it. Remember, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And he's saying, I'm still striving forward. I still have to reach after this thing. So we need to get a mature mindset. But part of getting that mature mindset is we need to continually strive for it. Maturity does not just come automatically because we get older. Don't you wish it did? Did I tell you I'm in my mid-60s now? You know, I thought I was pretty mature in my 20s. And then I realized when I'm in my 30s, I wasn't mature in my 20s, but I surely was in my 30s. And I got it down now. Then I got in my 40s and realized, hmm, I wasn't mature in my 30s. I'm mature in my 40s now. I hit my 50s. I begin to say, I really am not mature. <laughs> I hit my 60s. I'm saying, man, I still have a long way to go. And I'm saying, man, I forgot, about all, forgot a lot of those old lessons. I need to go back and relearn. We need a mature mindset, but we have to remember just because we're getting older doesn't mean we're getting more mature. And you and I have all seen enough of immaturity in older people to back this up. Maturity is a choice. 
Some comes naturally, obviously our bodies mature and they get older and they get all those things and that's just going on. But maturity of spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, psychological maturity needs us to work at it in our lives. Maturity comes from listening, learning, applying, and seeking. Say that slowly. Maturity comes from listening, learning, applying, and seeking. Listening more than speaking so that we accurately discern and understand. We talked about that before, so I'm not going to stay on that one. But we need to realize that we need to be listening more than speaking so that we might accurately discern and understand. Also, learning from, we need to learn from those who are wise in natural things and spiritual things. Do you, have a, do you have kind of a mentor-type friend who's maybe older than you, who's more wiser than you, so that you could bounce things off? We need those type of relationships, no matter how old we are. Did I mention I'm in my mid-60s? I'm feeling older because my birthday's coming up, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh no, another birthday. You know, it's like, you don't have those experiences, those of us who are, wow, you're so much better than I am. That's, wow, that's so good. But we need others to still speak into our lives, to impart wisdom, to impart maturity. And some of those are going to be older than us, and most of them will be. But the older I get, I'm finding that I could learn a lot from those younger than me. Ask Timothy how many times I have him to help me with computer stuff. Ask the Pastor Dave Best back there, who I talk to about every day to say, hey, I don't remember how to do this on my quote-unquote, whatever it is. And he's so gracious to do, tell me over and over again about how to do this technical thing that I just not getting. But we also need that in spiritual learning, right? That we have someone that we're listening to, that we're allowing to speak into our lives uh, who is more mature, again, they could be younger than us and still be more mature in some of the, the, uh, these areas, but those who went before us, who we could talk to and learn from. So, listening, learning from those who are wise and natural spiritual things, and then applying or using what we have learned in the right way. Applying and using it, Right? Go back to this whole technological super shift when COVID came in and, and all that. Part of my problem, and that's why I keep bugging Timothy and Pastor Dave back there, is that uh, I need to apply it more. Because if I don't apply it, what happens? Get the phone. Hey, Dave? Can you tell me how to get back into this uh, program? Dave, what was my password on that? It was that, you know? Timothy, what's the password that, I, you know? 
See, if I don't apply it, it does me no good. So as we learn so that we could thrive in this new norm, and this norm that's the now norm, is we need to learn, but we, and then learning means applying. Some of us, you know, we just get to the place where I'm just tired of applying new things. And we do, when we do that, then we're going to start losing ground. So applying what we've learned, seeking to know Jesus more fully. And that's kind of the, the summary point on some of this right here before we go on, is that we need to not only listen, learn, apply, and seek, but in seeking, we're seeking Jesus. Paul says, I press forward, what? In seeking Jesus, so that I might obtain the high calling in Jesus, that I'm seeking him. If we were to break up our life and, and, and kind of do a review of the last year or so of our life, can we find things in our life that we sought more actively after than we have Jesus? I could say yes. We need to seek Jesus more than anything else. So if we were to look back on this next coming year, if Jesus tarries and we get to the end of 2021, that you and I could say, I sought a lot of things that were good, but I sought Jesus the most of everything that I sought. We need to seek Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about. Press forward to this high calling. Press forward to this high calling. To do that, we need to avoid distractions. To avoid distractions, we need to keep the goal in sight. Go what? The high calling of Jesus. How many, how many watch Disney movies? Even if you're older. Be, just, just be proud about it, okay? Uh, I could say Hallmark movies right now because, you know, Christmas movies, and most of you would probably not raise your hand, and I would say, yeah, yes, Christmas movies, Hallmark, yes. But movies. How many watched or saw the movie called Up? Sad, sad. Oh. The first part was just killed me. It's all sad. But in it, it has this dog, right? Doug. <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Doug. Doug, right? And what happened when Doug saw a squirrel? What? Got distracted. What? Squirrel, 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 and run off. How, how, how many of us could say that's our life sometimes, right? You know, we're, we're focused, we're focused on pressing toward Jesus, and then all of a sudden, something comes up here, and it's just, oh, yeah. We go running after it, right? And then we get back, get back, get back, you know? And all of a sudden, something else new comes around, oh, yeah, and you run after that. So many Christ followers are being distracted 
right? All the stuff that's going on in the political realm right now. And we're running after this, and we're running after that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned, and I'm not saying we, not should, we shouldn't be involved. I've already said we should be involved in these things. But if we're being distracted from the high calling in Jesus, we have missed it. Because no matter what our government ends up to be like, if we have missed the high calling of pressing forward and focusing on Jesus, then it doesn't matter about anything in the world. Because we will not be helpful to the world. We need to not get distracted like Doug. Back and forth. We run after so many times. We run after the new thing. We run after the new teaching. We run after the, this new supposed teaching that G, they, we just discovered from Jesus, etc. To avoid distraction, we need to keep our focus on the prize of the high calling of Jesus. He is calling us to be better, to strive higher than we ever have. The prize of the upward call in Jesus involves becoming more like Jesus and being part of his kingdom. We are to, in other words, imitate Jesus. We are to imitate Jesus, his life, and his characteristics. We need to do what Jesus does. That's what we need to do. Pressing towards the high calling of Jesus is seeing what is Jesus, what has Jesus done? What is Jesus doing? That's what I have to appropriate into my life. Is what Jesus has done and is doing. I need to appropriate that in my life if I'm going to reach the high calling of Jesus. We need to look and learn from those living according to Jesus' example. Find those around us who we say, man, they are really living out this example. I have a good friend uh, who I don't get to see him hardly very much, but I follow him on Facebook and that. Uh, where I say, man, I... He, I want to help. I'm going to watch him because he, he, he is a person who's following Jesus. He's a person who's following Jesus. His name is Bill Doctrine. He's a professor at Vanguard. We used to pastor in the same community area years and years ago. And I watch and I listen to Bill. And I say, man. His faith and just the reality of it and the, and the simpleness of it and yet the depth of it. I said, man, that's one I watch so that I could learn and grow in those things. We need to focus forward on the prize of the upward call of Jesus or the prize or the goal in Jesus. In order for us to achieve this, we need to focus on what is ahead and not what is behind. 
except for a reference. The prize Paul is talking about is this greater, deeper knowledge of Jesus and the life that we are to live, which will result in becoming more like him and inheriting the kingdom of God. How many want to inherit the kingdom of God? Amen? So we need to keep becoming more like Jesus. If you're wondering, is Pastor going to stop? Yes, we're almost there. Paul mixes some images here in that as we strive to know Jesus better and we strive to live the way he lives and becoming more like him and inheriting his kingdom, he mixes some of his images here. He talks about like a runner running a race who is running this race and they keep their eyes fixed on what's in front of them. If you ever watched the Olympics or any of those and you had those big track running ones, if you look backward while you're running, what usually happens? You're going to trip up and you're going to fall. They keep their eyes forward, and this is what Paul's talking about in the, in the Roman games, and the Greek games, that they would have these running races, and he says they keep, the runners keep their eyes forward on the prize, on what? The finish line, so that they could finish it and hopefully win it. So they press forward, and even if you watch those race Olympics and you watch those races, and you see the closer they get to the finish line, they start stretching forward. Especially if others are right next to them. Why? Because they want to cross it just in front of them. And they stretch and they press forward. That's what he says for us. We're in a race spiritually. And we need to keep our eyes on the prize, the goal, the finish line. And we're to stretch with everything we have forward on it. But then he uses another word that switches the image some. And it's of a hunter who's hunting their prey. And how the hunter keeps focused on the tracks and, and follows the tracks and follows the, 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 the things that point to this is where the animal's going and learns the territory where it's that animal lives and begins to stalk that animal until they finally get to the place where they get the animal. Is this what we're to do? We're to learn, learn where we live, learn the, the geographic, spiritual geographic of where we live, learn those things that Jesus is talking about. This is what the kingdom looks like. This is what people in the kingdom do. We're to learn those things and press and not give up because we're on hard ground or because we're in difficult times or whatever that, but he says, press forward. And the runner doesn't give up. The hunter doesn't give up. He says, press forward like that. That's what we're to press forward. We need to focus forward involves putting any part of our past that hinders us behind us. Take a little survey of your life this week. And if there's anything of your past that's hindering you right now in the present, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Might be as simple as saying, in your name, Jesus, I am leaving this behind. Holy Spirit, help me not to look at this again. 
Help me not to allow this to make me feel negative about myself, make me feel bad about myself. Lord, that is in the past, and I'm putting it there right now in your name, Jesus. And leave it there. And if you try to pick it up again, immediately put it back. And look forward to what Jesus is doing right now in your life and wants you to do next in your life. Let's put it in the past. Whatever's hindering us, we want to move forward. We need to put it in the past. Sometimes because we only know partially today that about Jesus and partially what we're doing, we need to do what? Stretch and press forward because we only know in part. So we need to stretch and press forward. I love C.S. Lewis. How many love C.S. Lewis writings? How many have no clue who C.S. Lewis is? He is great. Most people, I mean, I don't say most people. A lot of people know him only for his, his kids' books, The Chronicles of Narnia. Everybody heard The Chronicles of Narnia? Oh, okay, see, now you're sitting there. C.S. Lewis wrote those. Uh, then he has a science fiction one. That was great. That's more for adults. Uh, but then he has a ton of wonderful books about Jesus and Scripture. But in the Chronicles of Narnia, the last book, if you've read it, they're, at, they're there, and they're, they're, they're losing the war. And they, they come into this little shed, and they're huddled in there, and they're and then all of a sudden, if they went in the back of the, the shed, they stepped into another country. And they call it Aslan's land. Aslan is a type of Christ through this whole series. And yes, he's a lion, yes. And what does a lion say once they get into Aslan's country? It says, go up further, go higher. Go further in. And it's this image of them going farther into the presence of the Lord, farther into to connecting with God and seeing God, and farther in because this is heaven is the image in that sense. But they're to press in. So he gives us this image of we need to press forward and go higher up, deeper in into the things of God. Amen. That's pressing forward, is striving. And, the, and Aslan and the, and the other animals encourage them. Keep running, go faster, run faster, run faster, run farther up and in. That's what Jesus is doing for us. Jesus is championing us and calling out on us on the sidelines, kind of saying, Ted, go higher in, go deeper in, go higher up. Don't stop here because there's more for you. There's more that you need to know. There's more that I want to give you and keep going. And you know what I need and you need to keep going until we step into the presence of Jesus. Because we'll never be complete here. Until we press in and we step into the presence of Jesus. And get this. Worship team, come up. Get this, is that when we all get to heaven, remember that song? When we all get to heaven. Remember? How many remember it? Come on. All right, some of you, some of you. Okay. Yeah. Getting harder to work with you here. I think I went too long. Okay. 
But so think about it. When Jesus comes back, sets up his kingdom here, and it's all new, you know what? We still need to press in so that we learn more and more about Jesus and our Heavenly Father. Because just because we will have the perfected bodies and all that doesn't mean we're going to know all about God and all about Jesus. Because if we know everything about God and about Jesus, then we are Him. We will be throughout all eternity learning more about Jesus and more about our Heavenly Father for eons and eons and eons will never exhaust learning about the love of the Father and the love of the Son because it's going to keep going and keep going. We need to press in now like never before. We're in a time where we need to press in. And as we press in, we know this, we need to live full out for Jesus. We need to live full out for Jesus. Concentrating on the things of faith and love and the word of Jesus. We need to press in in prayer more. We need to press in full on for Jesus. Because that's what we need and our world definitely needs it. It's for us to press into the high calling of Jesus and do it with humility. We don't need to tell people how smart we are and how much we know about the Word of God. We just need to know it and live it and strive forward and share with others. We don't need to tell them how smart we are in Scripture. We need this to live it out. Amen? You need to live it out. Father, in your name, we just come and ask you right now that you would just take the things that resonate from your Holy Spirit and just embed them in our hearts and our lives today. Remove the, the stuff that just was peripheral and just embed into our hearts today. Pray, Jesus, for everyone here in this, in this room and everyone on live stream. Lord, if there's anyone today that does not know you, that today will be the day they say yes to you. They say yes to your forgiveness, yes to your gift of new life. They say no to their sin and turn away, realizing that you died for them and took their place, took my place. Let today be the day that they enter into new life. I pray in your name. If you're here today, just I encourage you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I would just say, ask him into your life. If you're on the live stream today, just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Come into my life. Make me a brand new person. I repent, turn away from my sin. I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Make me a new person in your name. Just as simple as that. And if you're online, please let us know so we give you next steps. You just email us or email me at ted at connectchurchwithhear.com or any which way that, just let us know. Worshiping's going to lead us in a song and then we'll close. And I just want to, those who are here, could stand up, stand up and, and just let's just worship him.